right, all right, all right. Hello, hello. Welcome back to the Blockument. Crypto education through everyday education. Everyday conversations. conversations. <laughs> yeah, so we're... We're trying out a new thing today. We're going to see. We're up in our technology game. Yeah, we're so getting, a little side fancy, track. Yeah, getting yeah. fancy. Fancy. <laughs> um, today's show is pre recorded, just so you know. But my name is Nate Talbot. I am the executive director of Detroit Blockchain Center. And to my right, I am Ashley Rose. I am your everyday gal. Um, I'm a mother and an online reseller. And I'm on this journey to figure out what all of this crypto, Bitcoin, blockchain stuff is, is about. All right. Yeah. Every week, I f or every show, you get so much smarter and smarter and smarter with it all. Yes. Well, give me a summary. What's, what's crypto and blockchain stuff all about in general? Give me your elevator pitch. Oh, throwing a curveball at me. <laughs> what is it all about? Um... Well, there's so many answers here. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, okay, blockchain is about um, cryptographed, <laughs> like hashed um, ledgers. Um, so they're like more secure ledgers. Um, <laughs> I don't, this I'm, is I'm a tough question. <laughs> so here's the first thing. When I was... I was still learning when I was starting to get into the social scene. Uh -huh. right? I had been doing some swing trading. I was even doing consulting for some businesses at some t at that point around blockchain and stuff. But I wasn't really in the social scene. I definitely wasn't teaching. Right. Okay. Um, one of the things that drove me to want to teach and educate was I would listen to people who knew what they were talking about. Like they knew way more than me, especially at that point. Mm -hmm. Um. And those are the type of answers I would hear. I would either hear somebody be like, yeah, so, like, what, like, what is Bitcoin? And I'd be like, well, you see, there's there's this Byzantine general, right? It's a general problem. It's a computer science problem. And th they got that far yeah. in, everybody's eyes were glazed over. Or they would go, well, see, cryptographic proof. You got to understand cryptography. Cryptographic proofs are, and you have these um, Schnorr signatures, and it's like, you're, <laughs> yeah, you're I'm like, oh, no. Over. I, I guess, think, I, I, I guess, I guess, like, it would be just like solve, um, solving problems. I don't know. That's my. That's it could, but that's. That's a much better answer already <laughs> because at least people get what solving problems means. They can ask more questions. When yeah. you say, see, there's these Byzantine generals. Yeah. They're like, I don't even know what the hell you're talking about. I'm not even going to ask more questions. Yeah. Cool. It's garbage. Yeah. Right. So my advice as anybody is trying to explain, because if you're in this world, eventually somebody you work with, somebody in your family, one of your friends, somebody's going to say like, what is that? Why are you even doing it? Yeah. You're going to have, you, you don't have to, but you're going to find yourself in a situation where you, you maybe want to explain yourself yeah. or what you're doing. And uh, my recommendation is just keep it stupid simple. You don't have to sound smart or mm -hmm. use like these keywords uh, that, you know, the buzzwords that everybody yeah. uses, you know, there's these smart contracts that it's just keep it simple. You know so what, I mean? would, what, would, what, would, what would you say? Depends on what the exact question was. Ask me the question. What is crypto and Bitcoin and blockchain all about? <laughs> it's about 
being able to interact with somebody else without having to ask permission. Mm, yeah, that's a good one. Being able to interact with somebody else without having to ask permission. Boom. Yeah, because I was going to say, f- like, freedom, but I didn't know. And that's fine. It's like, don't treat it different than any other subject, right? Don't. If I said, what are, what are, what are text messages? You're not going to be like, well, you see, there's this, <laughs> there's this satellites with these mobile yeah. networks, right? With all this yeah. advanced... You're not doing that. Yeah. You're like a way to communicate. It's a way to communicate. You ever wrote somebody a letter? Phone. Now imagine you did it without having paper. Yeah. Done. Right. Yeah. Um, don't even if you know it, and the more you know, the worse it becomes. <laughs> um, especially in that middle ground. Yeah. Um, I won't go off on too many tangents here, but oh, yeah. keep it, keep it, <laughs> keep it simple. Um. <laughs> And, you know, save the buzzwords for, you know, a buzzword crowd. And you're at like a Bitcoin or crypto meetup and Ethereum meetup. Then you can start talking the language, the insider language. It's true with anything, right? Yeah. Um, If you're in finance, you talk, oh, well, we did a short on some puts and then decided to flip and go long. And most people are like, what? (laughs) You know what I mean? Or if you're in any kind of field, they'll get technical. Yeah. No need for that. Just keep it simple. But... We are pre-recorded to get back on, so oh, yes. we like to let everybody know, you know, help give the timestamp proof of information on when we're recording and releasing these shows, mm-hmm. so in the future you know at least the uh, earliest date we could have done it. So we do that using the block height. Yep, that so space. Give it to us. Where are we at? All right. Well, we are. You know what? Oh, yeah. What? Don't do that yet. Can you uh, let's flex our new technology? Can you bring us oh. up on screen and we'll show We're as flexing. you tell? And you know the silly part is this is pre-recorded, so it's probably not going to be new to you, our viewers. You're like, you're, this is something we've we've seen. Yeah, before. yeah we've talked about this. <laughs> um, but this also helps. We this is yeah. the first time we've really done it, right? Yeah. So here we are. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> um. We're at mempool.space. This is what we're looking at every time we talk about it. And we are at which block now? So um, we are at block number 793,906. All right. And so we'll click open that up and tell us about it. So um, this the block size is 1.95 megabytes, which uh, consists of 266 no, 2,665 transactions. Okay. Um, let's see here. The total subsidies and fees that were earned in this block are 166,285 USD, which uh, equals 6.452 Bitcoin. It's interesting. You got 285. We got 279 here. So I wonder if there's a difference in price fee. Really? Hmm. Interesting. Yep. I'm using my. I'm reading off of my my cell phone here in front of me. Yeah. So it's I'm actually different than what you guys are looking at, but it should be the same. All the other information is the same. Um, and the, so I have the miner that one as um, via BTC. Is that via BTC? Thing? Yep. That's so interesting. I wonder what the dif- the difference here because they got the same block number. It is the same it, block number. We've talked about this a little bit on different shows. Is that all? Yeah. The, is that all our details before I go into it? Yep. Mm-hmm. All right, so we talked before about, um, we talked a little bit in a previous show, I think it was episode 18, um, our first version of this show, which is uh, what is, is is crypto useful, right? 
the part one um, show, we talked about oracles. Now, this isn't an oracle mm. per se, but what the block does, the Bitcoin blockchain, right? All it knows is this is the subsidy, 6.452 Bitcoin. Oh. That's all the Bitcoin blockchain knows. It doesn't care about the dollar value of anything, right? right? right. It's Bitcoin. It's a Bitcoin world. You pay your fees in Bitcoin. But because we're not on a um, Bitcoin standard when it comes to unit of account, we don't mm -hmm. price things in Bitcoin. Mm -hmm. Well, general society doesn't price things mm -hmm. in Bitcoin. So what does that mean to most people? 6.452 Bitcoin. Yeah. Right? And so what mempool.space will do um, or any block explorer that you use, um, it will go pull an oracle, not, not really an oracle feed, but it'll pull from someplace, an exchange, maybe Kraken, Coinbase, someplace, or a few exchanges. Um, maybe it taps into CoinMarketCap or something, mm -hmm. and it'll pull an aggregate price. Mm -hmm. And so what could be happening, I'm not sure exactly what's happening here, why we have two different price feeds, Yeah, but... Maybe on my display when I pulled it up, um, wherever it's pulling it from, I'll just make something up. Maybe mine's pulling it from Kraken, and that's the price on Kraken. Yeah. For whatever reason, it decided to pull from Coinbase on yours, and there's going to be a little bit of a spread. Mm -hmm. And that gets into arbitrage and sort of how trading and things work, which we won't get into. But if you're said, what is arbitrage? Yeah. Hit us up on Twitter or something and ask us so we can make yeah, it a show. That's right. Um, so that's why you would see a different price feed. The concerning part, and why I'm not concerned about it, the concerning part is if the we're looking at the exact same block, mm -hmm. but like the subsidy and fee is different. Right. Right? Or like if any other, the data is different. Yeah. Because that lives on chain. Yeah. Um, but the, the dollar fees don't live on chain. These are interpretations pulled from exchanges okay. or other price aggregators. But now you get to see why we look at um, mempool.space. This is what we're looking at. This is what you can see. Here's the actual block with all the little transactions in it. So go check out the website, Explore. It can be interesting. Yeah, super cool. What are we talking about today? Today so we have a couple more... Um, coins and tokens to kind of dive into and see what problems do they solve, do they solve a problem, and potentially how. All right. What problems do they solve? Yeah, what are they claiming? What's, what's, <laughs> what's my default answer? Uh, to line people, their pockets. <laughs> to line people's pockets. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I don't think if you're serious in this space... I don't care what your role is, developer, speculator, trader, uh, marketer, you're building some kind of business on top of it. Um, regardless, if you're just an enthusiast. If you're going to be honest with yourself about any industry, you got to be honest about the industry. Mm -hmm. And just like if I was um, uh, AOL or Yahoo or Google in the early days of popularizing email, mm -hmm. you couldn't be an email provider without admitting, all right, there's hell of a lot of spam. <laughs> yeah. Like scammers have found a way yeah. to take this um, service that is useful, but the usefulness gets drowned out by the scam. 
because yeah. it makes it so much easier. The scammers literally used to have to like spend money on postage, yeah. paper, envelopes, sending out Nigerian prince type schemes. <laughs> yeah. Now they can do it with a click of a button. Yeah. Right? And if they weren't serious about that attempt uh, or, or that reality, then email would would be garbage today. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel the same way about crypto. We There are currently, if we go to coingecko.com, you know, there's still, they list just under, I think they only list 9,999 because they never updated the number mm-hmm. here to take, to read five digit numbers. Yeah. Um, there's some place in the neighborhood of 26,000 different listed tokens. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, it's scam. A lot of them are going to be scam. The uh, uh, another huge section are just going to be bad. I- excuse me, bad ideas. Yeah. It's just all smoke and mirrors. Um, but back to the email point, just real quick before we dive deep in, the uh, if email service providers did not take spam serious, mm-hmm. we might not have proof of work. Because proof of work was invented to to solve the spam problem in email. For real? So fun fact. Yeah. Proof of work was not invented for Bitcoin, right? It was invented well before. Wow. And that was sort of Adam, one of Adam Back's original contributions was utilizing proof of work um, in an electronic money type system, which is where Satoshi got the idea from. Satoshi, Satoshi, whoever they are, did yeah. not invent anything. He didn't invent, or they didn't invent blockchain. They didn't invent proof of work. They didn't invent any of it. They didn't invent peer-to-peer. They didn't invent social uh, decentralization. Well, None of it. They just like put it all together. Satoshi was the first one to just be like, hey, look at all these great ideas. What if he moves them together? <laughs> yeah. That was the innovation of Bitcoin. And most people don't get I was just on Twitter um, not too long. I can't remember the day, but somebody honestly just asked like uh, something basic about Bitcoin. I can't remember the exact question. And every response, while I, I give best intention for every response, they were all so wrong. He had, like what he was like the, the whoever posted was like, what is a node? What's the purpose of a node? And you're like, well, that's where the decentralization comes in, or that's where this, and that's it. They were all wrong, right? Mm -hmm. It's like, yeah, you can, like a node, I'll ask you real quick, and then we'll get into your, to the the coins and stuff. But like, what is, is, in Bitcoin, what what purpose does a node serve? A regular node, and not a miner, just a node. Um, I think validating the transaction? That's not really true. No. Validating it for for what purpose? In my defense, I did ask this question on YouTube, and I'm awaiting a eagerly awaiting oh a response up on it. I well, would have had I'll, the answer. Maybe <laughs> I will clip this. Um, I'm I keep missing that. So, what is a node? A node. You're sort of right, but you have to be more clear. A node. If you run your own node, and why it's important, you run. Is your it a own. record of account? It's well, no, where, that's it's, the blockchain. Okay. Is. Oh, yes. Okay. It's where you download 
Okay, go, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no, no. I, I'm interested <laughs> to see what you're it's getting because you're sort of leading there. It's it's you download the blockchain and it sits on your node. It sits on your it sits on your computer, which is the node, yeah. right? For what purpose? So that you can it's open source, so you can check if somebody like double spent or. So who can check? I can check. That's all it does. Yeah. You're not verifying the network to make sure a miner didn't cheat that somehow then helps the rest of the network directly. It's a selfish. Running your node that's not mining is a selfish act because we talked about game theory. Mm -hmm. And game theory is about don't trust, verify for right. Bitcoin. Mm -hmm. I don't trust anything. If you said you send me some Bitcoin, I sent it. All right. I look at my wallet and it says confirmed. But if my wallet is not using my own node as a reference, mm -hmm. I don't trust it. If it's from um, mempool.space, like mm -hmm. right now I'm plugged into mempool.space, it's giving me all this information about the blocks. Mm -hmm. Why should I trust any of this information? Because mempool.space says it. I have to trust them that they're not lying to me about what this block is. Right. But what I could do if I ran my own node mm -hmm. is I could still utilize, because mempool.space is open source, mm -hmm. I can say, look, I could download the software of mempool.space and say, don't pull from mempool.space the organization, pull from my node. Show me this data that my node says is true. Yeah. Because that's the only thing I trust. Yeah. And then when I see something that my node says this isn't right, mm -hmm. I'm ignoring it. I don't care what everybody else is doing. Yeah. I'm ignoring it. And then my node is constantly talking to other nodes. Just sort of looking, what are you trusting? What do you trust? What's the longest chain? You think that's the longest chain? I think this is the longest chain. Mm -hmm. Well, just because you say it's the longest chain, I'm not going to believe it. I'm going to wait until other nodes. Now, if two-thirds or 51% of all the nodes that mine node talks to mm -hmm. all say, like, hey, we all think this is the longest chain, then I'm going to be like, well, consensus says that's the longest chain. Yeah. I need to update my information. Right. Right, but I'm not really just trusting a single source. I'm using all these randomized sources. So what does a node do? It tells you that your what your blockchain copy says, mm -hmm. which is the whole point of all this. Mm -hmm. I don't need to trust a middle party. I don't need to trust a bank or somebody yeah. else or mempool.space. I'm trusting my own record. Mm -hmm. That's a node. That's what this is. And episode. Oh, wait, that's not what the episode is about. I know. <laughs> so, my bad. Wait, wait, wait. So now that we know what a node is, what are we verifying? And the same is true like with Ethereum, even though you, they're using proof of stake. If you're running a non-staking node, you're doing the exact same thing. You're just not trusting the validators off rip. Right? Yeah. You're like, I don't believe the validator on this, so I think that's an, a valid transaction. So as far as I'm concerned, until the a majority of the network tells me otherwise, I'm rolling with this story. And part of that is talking about what what these coins are and are they useful <laughs> yeah but now i gotta write down another question that we're gonna talk on the block notes because it's off topic all right okay <laughs> um but let's see block notes is our after show that airs on youtube a week after the show airs so yeah, i've already got two questions written down check it out that are off topic that i have to ask you that i'm they're burning inside all right but okay let's go to the first let's go to the first one here um, so so real quick as a yep, recap yep, though yep, yep. we're talking about coin why are we talking about this what's the purpose to see if they solve problems and to also see. to kind of like in real time 
do our own research and maybe like see how we do that or get critiques from people in the audience or yeah so learning together right this is not financial advice we're not telling you what coins work what coins don't work we're not telling you what coins are good prices and bad prices and good buys and bad buys um we're literally just looking at if in my uneducated unqualified unreliable opinion Mm -hmm. right is there any utility Mm-hmm. Do not go make financial decisions based off anything I'm about to say. And in full disclosure, if we talk about something, I will announce whether I have or have ever owned it. Mm-hmm. That way people can decide if I have bias yeah. and whether I support or don't support something. And utility is referring to whether it solves a problem and like how it can be used, correct? Yeah, we're defining utility for this episode as, is there a potential problem? Maybe it does or doesn't. Maybe it's not good at solving that problem. That's not what we're addressing. We're just addressing the problem it's trying to solve is even worth solving. Mm -hmm. Right? So just because I say, yeah, it's worth solving doesn't mean I think that they're doing the right thing to solve it. Right. Right? We're not doing a full in-depth breakdown. All right. Cool. Quick question for you before you start. What problem does Ethereum solve? (laughs) We talked about this on the first one. Oh, I was actually going to ask you to recap that for me, but I'll recap I will, Ethereum. I will, I will, I will, uh, Bitcoin. Okay, Bitcoin. Well, I want to attempt to do the. I okay. want to challenge myself to attempt it, but I will do um, Bitcoin also. Mm-hmm. Um, well, first, I'm going to say Bitcoin because I'm confident in my answer. It solves the um, retaining value problem. Yep. And, um, and then. So yes, that's good. I can move on to Ethereum. I can run with that. Okay. And then Ethereum solves I want to say I want to say smart contracts, like the the problem of but then that's like what are smart smart contracts which mm-hmm. which you can check out our smart contract episode yes. to find out. But Yes. Um there it is. And so, applause it. Yes, thank you. It's giving me more time to get my thoughts together. <laughs> yeah, what problem does Ethereum solve? Um, be, transacting faster? Well, <laughs> it transacts faster than Bitcoin. Whether or not that's good or not, or a problem that needs to be solved, I think is subjective. There are other chains that transact faster than Ethereum. Maybe <laughs> being able to do other things. Um, outside of uh, value, holding on to value? I don't know. Go ahead. Yeah. Uh, that's all I got. Yeah, I, I think I wanted to challenge myself, close. and here we go. <laughs> Historically, Bitcoin is single-focused. By the time this, you, the listener listens to this episode, maybe Bitcoin does way more or even less, right? Um, but historically, Bitcoin solves the problem, as you said, of retaining value, preserving your wealth. Right? For some reason, I couldn't. Um, Ethereum takes it a step further and say, yeah, we agree that's very important. But we think there should be other things that are the way Bitcoin, one of the ways Bitcoin preserves wealth is through its immutable, permissionless, trustless nature, right? Doesn't wait. It's, it's, okay. you don't, it's immutable. It's not easily changed. Mm-hmm. It's um, censorship resistant. Even if it does get changed, it's it well, it's not the change. It's it's hard to censor the transactions. And you're talking about 
Bitcoin right now. Oh, okay. But these are all traits Ethereum also has, okay. right? Okay. Um, and aims to aims to um, do. It's transparent. Anybody can see it, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So anybody can use it. Anybody can see it. Nobody can stop. This is part of the permissionlessness. Mm-hmm. Nobody can stop you from using it. Mm-hmm. Um, and Bitcoin says that's pretty much good for money. Hard base layer money. Yes. Right? Like mm-hmm. gold type money. Mm-hmm. Um, Ethereum's like, yeah, yeah, that's all useful. We agree. Mm-hmm. But we also think there are other things that would benefit from being censorship resistant and open, transparent, you know, permissionless. Um, and they think like finance is the bit, one of the biggest examples mm-hmm. of that. So money is just money. And right. go check out our Money Verse Finance episode to get it in depth on that. Yeah. Ethereum says finance is important, right? Like if I want to lend or borrow money. Right, yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, that's important. You can't do that on Bitcoin, not on layer one Bitcoin, right? Maybe yeah. there's a layer two, at least at the time of, at least at this block height. Yeah. <laughs> you can't do that on Bitcoin. Yeah. Um, but you can do that on Ethereum, mm-hmm. right? And so it allows you to do more with that concept, right? And that's a real problem. Like, how do you do lending without having to, if I want to borrow you money, mm-hmm. if I want to borrow you money, if I want to <laughs> lend you money. <laughs> I understood um, what you were saying, though. <laughs> um, I need some kind of guarantee. I need an enforcement mechanism to make mm-hmm. sure I'm going to get the money back. Yeah, and that's where this. That's where smart. basically I use a bank. Well, in traditional world, I'll use oh, okay. a bank yeah. or the government, right, will come and help enforce that right through contracts. That's why mm-hmm. we have contracts and whatnot. Um, so the question is, how can I do lending and borrowing without needing a bank or a government or somebody in the middle between us? Because as soon as we put somebody in the middle, the bank is like, I'm going to help you enforce this loan you're yeah. going to give them. Yeah. But yeah. but I don't like something about Ashley. Yeah. So therefore, I'm not going to allow you to do it. And I'm like, no, no, I'm willing to take that risk. I'm like, yeah, yeah, no, you we think it's best you don't take that risk. So yeah. no, you can't take that risk. Yeah. Right? That's a problem. That's needing permission. That's needing permission. Yeah. So I want to cut that out and be able to evaluate my own risk mm-hmm. reward. But how do I do that still in a trustless way? Because mm-hmm. the money's got to sit in some pool somewhere, right? Right. And that's the problem. Ethereum, that's one of the problems Ethereum and smart contract platforms attempt to solve. Permissionless, trustless finance? Yeah. Okay. And finance is just the games you play with money. But there's more. There's more that it does, right? Like there's, there's way a, more a that lot. it does. There's a lot more that it can do. So it's like a hard question to answer. What? Well, it's like are, are some things. So you have NFTs, right? Right. And we're not going to be an NFT episode. I don't want to f- go listen to the first episode to get more details on the problems of Ethereum. Even though your shirt says NFTs, but whatever. Even though, well, <laughs> right? Bitcoin, NFTs, all that. Um, the. NFTs as monkey pictures, mm-hmm. as it's commonly referred to these days, do you need censorship-resistant, permissionless, <laughs> you know, peer-to-peer monkey trading, monkey picture trading? Some people would be like, hell yeah. I don't know how censorship-resistant. I don't know if I need that same level of confidence that I need in my wealth preservation mm-hmm. with my hobbyist Pokemon picture. Right, right, right. Right? Maybe that's, you value it so high you do feel that way, mm-hmm. and that's cool. 
Mm-hmm. I don't feel that way. You know what I mean? So yeah. that gets really subjective. So, but but Ethereum says, well, it's not up to us to decide. Right. Run it. Yeah. And they 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 and designed the, and mechanism that if that's what you find valuable, do it. Yeah. And like let the market. And the decide. market will decide. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So, and go listen to the last episode if you want more details on that. But rolling into that. Yes. What are we talking about today? Um, Which ones? Well, uh, Cosmos. I don't know if I'm pronouncing. Well, let's okay. Take one at a time. Okay. Cosmos. Okay. All right. So, Cosmos is an altcoin. And as I've mm-hmm. aptly defined, alt, alternative to what? Alternative to Ethereum. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's look it up here. Um, we'll go on screen and we'll pull up Cosmos. We're going to use our fancy new technology. We're using our fancy <laughs> new technology. Um, so as it gets pulled up, Cosmos is an alternative, but that's not an alternative where we're just going to do Ethereum and just change a couple parameters, right? Mm-hmm. They take an entirely different approach. And so there are a couple things on Cosmos um, that are really different. Um, Cosmos, there's Cosmos the token, right? Mm-hmm. Which is really Cosmos Hub. Oh, I actually did not know that. All right. There's Cosmos. Cosmos is built off of this system called Tendermint, right? Tendermint SDK. And it's, it's Cosmos SDK. It uses a Tendermint consensus protocol. Um, and I'm not going to get too technical on it all. But as we scroll down, the main difference in how Cosmos relates to things <clears throat> is... Where Ethereum says, I'm going to build this universal platform that anybody then can build applications on top of. Think of Ethereum like an operating system. Um, so, like, I'm on a, a Mac computer right now. Okay. So, I'm using an iOS operating system. Mm-hmm. And then I'll have Photoshop sits on top of that iOS operating system. Mm-hmm. So, I can use Photoshop or Word or Brave Browser or whatever application right yeah it's built so it works on the iOS operating system right right and i could have hundreds and hundreds of applications sit on my iOS op- operating system right. um but my iOS operating system now has to be robust enough to sort of handle all these different type of operations that are going on right it's running yeah. photoshop it's running word it's running my browser it's running itself yeah it's doing all these things yeah um and in it when you go to a decentralized system, that becomes a real pull because the whole world, when you're talking about Ethereum, it's like having one iOS operating system mm-hmm. that everybody's using. Mm. Not just my computer. Like right. if my computer crashes, the entire world's computer crashes Dang. in an Ethereum type world, Yeah. right? So it's very important that Ethereum takes security measures to make sure that no one application or user crashes the entire system. Yeah. Right? <laughs> um, which is why you have to pay gas fees. Mm. Right? That's one of the mechanisms because you're running these programs, and programs, it, it's called um, Turing Complete, which really just means you can do a loop. I can say, if this happens, then do this. If this doesn't happen, 
do whatever, right? That's just a regular if then. But maybe I want a loop. I want to say, look, as long as as long as Ashley has less than ten ETH, mm -hmm. do this operation, right? Um, whatever that is, give her give her interest on something. Okay. Right. Okay. So what the system has to do is say, all right, does Ashley have ten ETH? No. All right, I'm going to give her some things. Now I got to check again. Does she have more than 10 ETH now? No. All right, I'm going to do it again. Yeah. That's right? And that's, so that's running a loop. a loop. Yeah, okay. Now, what happens if when I make that code, we write that smart contract, yeah. what happens if I put an error, a mistake, write something wrong, yeah. where you could never, ever have 10 ETH, right? I built the system somehow where you'll never, ever have 10 ETH. That code is going to run forever. That's called an infinite loop. That's a huge problem in computer science, right? Okay. Now, on a regular computer, on my computer, if I ran that, if some program I run, if I open it up and it runs an infinite loop, mm -hmm. it'll eat up all my memory, all my RAM, and my computer will crash. And then I'll have to turn the computer off and hard restart it, mm. which will clean the memory out and let me start again. And now I know don't open that application. Yeah. That works because it's just me who's affected. Right. What do you do when the entire financial system of the world, or there's billions and billions or a trillion or more dollars in the system, Yeah. and you write one smart contract, right, this irrelevant smart contract, not that anything you do would be irrelevant, <laughs> but let's say you write an irrelevant smart contract, yeah. it could crash the entire financial system. Is that something you want to put all your uh, eggs in there? No. No. So, A, gas helps solve that problem, right? Because for you to run that operator, every time it loops, yeah. you pay gas. Oh, so if you don't have enough to pay gas, then it will when end the loop. When you run out of gas, it kills the loop without killing the system. And that way there's a cost. Ooh. Unless you have infinite money, yeah. you can't infinitely run a program. Wow. And this is why your gas fees get high because if a smart contract's not written efficiently yeah. or if it's running through a lot of different steps... You know, so essentially you're compiles. saying if somebody makes an error in their in the writing of their smart contract, it could be such a big error that it um, crashes your 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 operating your operating it, system. It, it crashes the entire Ethereum network. Or any, until you run out of gas. Until you run out of gas. Yeah. Okay. Well, then then it won't crash anything because you, everybody will run out of gas they run out of money before they run out of um before it puts before that it much crashes, crash yeah. but it could but you still have problems and if you were in the 2020 through 2022 ish bull run mm -hmm. right you've seen that with the nfts every time a new nft would drop ethereum gas prices would go through the roof mm -hmm. because so many people were trying to run these operations but you're paying that fee whether the operation passes or not mm -hmm. and it's a bidding it's an auction you know, we'll probably have talked about this before in a previous episode. If not, we'll talk about it in the future. Mm -hmm. So fees go through the roof. That becomes a problem with the gas fee situation. This yeah. is why they're looking at layer twos. Cosmos says, whoa, 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 that's way too much. Yeah. What if, right, just hear us out. What if we didn't put the entire, um, every application on the planet on this one blockchain. What if instead every application was its own blockchain? Now we realize there's a problem with that. This is all Cosmos speaking, right? Mm -hmm. We realize this is a problem. 
because with every blockchain you have to run, you have to decentralize it, you have to have the validators, or if you're gonna run proof of work, Cosmos is a proof of stake. It's really sort of like a delegated proof of stake. Um, we realize there's these problems, so here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna make this framework for a blockchain. So when you're an app developer, the framework's already there. You're gonna use the Cosmos SDK, right? And then you can just sort of build the parameters for your app right on chain, so it's called an app chain. So in the Ethereum smart contract type world, you have these um, decentralized applications or dApps. In the Cosmos SDK world, you have these app chains. Every app is its own chain. And maybe you have a series of apps that all sort of depend on a primary app, but it's like they're all related. It's this ecosystem, right? But then because they all use this base option, they, they now have an additional option with Cosmos. And you can say, look, I want to be a totally independent chain. I'm going to build it up. I'm going to run my own. So if you've ever used like Binance Smart Chain mm -hmm. or um, KuCoin's chain, a lot of these chains, these are all Cosmos SDK. Binance is an SDK chain, uh, Cosmos chain, Binance Smart Chain. Oh, wow. Right? Um, so all of the DeFi stuff that happens, so there's like Binance has like two different chains. Um, they have the Binance chain, which is like a Ethereum clone. Okay. But nothing really happens on that because it has the same problems Ethereum has. Yeah. Then they have the real chain they run, which is Binance Smart Chain, and that's a Cosmos SDK chain. So Binance is actually Cosmos. I feel like you're but, blowing my brain right now. But <laughs> they don't, they, they've decided because yeah. it's sovereign, right? So they're like, we don't want to affiliate with anything Cosmos. They took the Cosmos SDK, yeah. they modified it how they want to because it's all open source, and it is what it is for them. But um, now... Can you tell me what SDK is? You've mentioned it a couple of times. It, it's, it, it's just a uh, framework. Like, if you're a developer, you're going to use, um, there's a lot of different companies that will have, like, an SDK. If you're using, uh, if I'm going to build an app, mm -hmm. um, and I'm, I'm not giving you the actual definition because, A, it's off point, and, B, I don't remember it. <laughs> <laughs> but you can go look it up. But what it is is, like, if I'm building, like, a, a app for Android smartphones, mm -hmm. there's an SDK, this, this little kit. It's like a developer kit. Mm. I can download that instead of me having to build the whole thing from scratch. Yeah. It's like here's your framework. Now just about think of if you built a house. Yeah. And it's like, well, here's your frame. Yeah. Now you got to decide what kind of paneling you want on the wall. Do you want a drywall or do you want a this? Okay, do you okay, want okay. wood floors or do you want something else? Okay. Um, so that's what Cosmos is. But you and me, we both also build Cosmos off of a Cosmos SDK. But there's a feature, and this is with the, really the power of Cosmos, right? This is the utility part. Mm -hmm. What does utility does Cosmos offer? We, there's a switch you can voluntarily turn on in your chain, on your Cosmos SDK, which is called IBC, inter-blockchain channel, or something like that. Okay. It's, a, it's basically a communication channel that allows my app chain to talk to your app chain. So if I want to put Bitcoin to Ethereum, there's no way to do it. Those chains, Bitcoin blockchain and Ethereum blockchain cannot talk to each other. So you need a bridge. Okay. Which means you have this, at this point, a centralized party mm -hmm. that um, somehow centralized. There's not really any purely Bitcoin to Ethereum decentralized. 
So I have to basically take my Bitcoin, give it to some custodian who's going to lock it up, and then issue me these wrapped Bitcoin on Ethereum. Mm -hmm. Right? But my Bitcoin's really sitting with them because Bitcoin doesn't know to wrap itself up. Mm. And Ethereum doesn't know how to talk to Bitcoin to be like, well, they put it in this wallet, so therefore yeah. we'll issue them a wrapped Bitcoin. Mm -hmm. So you got to trust this bridge. And bridges during the 2020-22 bull run, that's where almost all the hacks that you heard about happened, yeah. happened on bridges. The mm. big ones, those were all bridges. Mm. So... Cosmos solves this because it's part of the protocol. It's not a third party you have yeah. to trust. It's built into the system. Binance at any time, if they haven't written it out of their SDK, they could turn it on and then they could tr mostly trustlessly, to my understanding of it, because I don't know the deep, deep tech of it. Yeah. Binance could turn it on and you could integrate Binance Smart Chain with the entire Cosmos ecosystem with just a flick without using a bridge, mm. right? It's built into the protocol. And then the other thing that they're about to uh, release, the other part of it, and this is where the Cosmos coin comes into play. Okay. Um, because you don't need the Cosmos coin, which is called Atom. You don't need this at all to do any of the stuff we've talked about. We talked previously in the last one about XRP, how you don't yeah. need XRP the token to run XRP the, the settlement network. Mm hmm you don't need Adam the coin to run the Cosmos SDK mm. or the Tendermint consensus protocol. But one of the things, the, um, the next implementation that they were, that's been worked on is just like we can do the bridging, yep. you can do what's called interchain security. So I, Binance had maybe, let's say we, we like Binance's decentralization and their validator setup. Right. Okay. And you're getting ready to start a chain, right? And you don't want to worry about building your own validator set because that's a decentralization problem. It's going to start small. You have to incentivize people to come. Your your market cap might not be high enough, so it's going to be easy to manipulate. Yeah. You're going to have all these building decentralization problems. So instead, what you do is once that's turned on, and if Binance turns it on. You can say, look, hey, all you decentralized nodes that validate Binance, mm -hmm. we want you to validate us too, and we're going to pay you to validate our blockchain. And then so the day you launch, yeah. you're just as decentralized as Binance is because those people are also validating your chain. Yeah. Right. So you have shared security. Would that be something that they're automatically like um, linked to or like they have to opt into validating the new the validators have to agree that we're going to validate we, we'll we'll opt into that but so you have a lot of where adam the token mm -hmm. so there's the utility of cosmos sdk cosmos sdk has utility and i think it's been a proven utility if you follow the app chain idea set there's utility i don't like the way ethereum's designed for my project i want to use mm -hmm. this there you go um adam the coin Right now has zero utility. There is no need for Atom. So right now it's priced at this block height that we announced earlier. Mm -hmm. And you can, well, you can't see on screen yet. But uh, if you go to like CoinGecko or whatever, you'll see right now Atom's valued at $8.21. Okay. Right? That is pure speculative price. Because 
Adam the Tolkien yeah. has no actual utility right now. It has potential future utility. So anybody oh, who owns, and I do own some Cosmos. I said I would disclose. I own, I, I too, own. Um, <laughs> Anybody who owns Cosmos, including mm-hmm. myself, mm-hmm. you're speculating on future value. There is no utility to it. So you're hoping that Cosmos brings or builds some utility to that. What, what the what the banking on you're banking that eventually the which is supposed to happen this calendar year I believe um, the interchange security I mentioned yeah that will be turned that'll be activated and fully ready this year um, if you have Cosmos and you stake it or you're a validator right mm-hmm. the speculation is once that's turned on. Other chains that use Cosmos SDK will use, they can opt in to use an Atom security. What are they securing right now? Nothing really, because there's nothing on the Atom chain, yeah. the Atom version of Cosmos SDK. Nothing's happening there, right? There's no, there's no apps built on top. It's just this thing. So we're securing nothing, but it's secure, that nothingness is secured, but now you start a chain, yeah. you can say, well, they're not securing anything, but it's decentralized. Mm-hmm. It's one of the most decentralized networks in the whole Cosmos ecosystem, even though it's not securing anything. Hey, y'all, you want to secure me? And we'll say, yeah, sure. And now you, without having to build your own network, yeah. can just tap in and then we'll make money because we'll, you know, you'll pay the fees, we'll go yeah. to uh, the, the stakers. Of um, Adam. Of Adam. That's the utility. I'm providing security for you. Think of it like right now I started a bank mm-hmm. and I have a bank vault, mm-hmm. but there's nothing in it. Yeah. The bank vault is still secure. Yeah. It's just it ain't securing nothing. Yeah. But I'm I'm intending that this, this thing will launch mm-hmm. on the greater SDK system, and then people will say, hey, do you mind if we pay you some fees to put our security in your vault? I'm like, yep, sure. We're okay. just going to take a little percentage of everything you put in the vault and split it out in exchange for maintaining the vault security. And and I'm just making sure I'm understanding this correctly. So you're saying that this year potentially people could be looking to tap into that security? Yes, once that gets turned on. Okay. But again, that's speculation. That's my opinion. It's not financial yeah. advice. Yeah, I'm yeah, saying yeah. go buy Cosmos because yeah. it's about to blow up. Yeah. Also, um, probably who knows when this. Because the real question becomes: air. This is the thing about open markets, right? Yeah. Right now, if it's priced at eight dollars and twenty-two cents, it's securing nothing. It's just maybe it'll secure something one day. That's going to be its utility. It's securing something now. It's just there's nothing in it. It's mm-hmm. the vault, mm-hmm. but it's an empty vault that it's securing. Right. Um, what's the real value of securing your chain? Is it at a market cap of um, $2.4 billion worth of security? Maybe not. So the real price, the real actual price value of Adam might really be like 2 bucks. Yeah. So if you're going to speculate at $8, you could be looking at what? There's no, the market hasn't been able to operate to decide yet. Right, yeah. So that's what you'd have to look at. But is there potential utility there? Sure. Is there value? Is it worth? Does it offer anything? I think so. 
you know, whether it's valuable or not, I have no idea. So, so okay. So then when I said Cosmos, I, what I should have said was Adam. Well, you, as most people, asked about Adam, yes. But you had no idea what Adam was. Yeah. So that's why we had to go through that very long thing, because Adam is very, Cosmos itself is a very complex architecture. Um, one of the reasons, again, I start everybody at Bitcoin. Because mm-hmm. if you don't even understand, Bitcoin's pretty simple, right? It's a ledger mm-hmm. that everybody shares. Go back to the beginning of this episode. What is a node, mm-hmm. right? It's really simple. Ethereum makes it a hundred times more complex. Yeah. Depending on how you look at it, Cosmos makes it a, a, another tenfold more complex. Yeah. You know what I mean? Now, is it more an efficient? Is it a better system? Maybe, maybe not. Yeah, that's up for people to decide. But they take these different approaches. And if you don't even understand how the basics work, yeah. so you're thinking like, oh, Adam is this thing. And it's like, nah, Adam, the token, has zero usefulness at the moment. Mm-hmm. Right? But... It's prepping because it could uh, end up being there. But the risk is, again, Binance could turn on. They could enable it. If they haven't disabled it in their system yet, mm-hmm. they could turn on this. And when the inter- interchain, they could link to them. And the purpose that you think you're spending for Adam. It's now squashed. It could be squashed because the market might decide we'd rather use Binance. Yeah. Or Osmos. So Osmos is another token in the Cosmos SDK It's called Osmo. It's another token in the Cosmos SDK, but this is like this is like the Uniswap of the Cosmos ecosystem. Everybody can decide this is where they want to build their security. And as a risk, you know, if you remember the thing that started this bear market, which was uh, not USDT, U. ST uh, Terra. Uh. Terra built on the Cosmos SDK. Oh, yeah. Terra was a Cosmos SDK token. And we see what happened to that. This is the this is supposed to be one dollar. It's one cent. Yikes. Right? Yeah. So, you know, risk. But yeah. just because Terra, they just use the software. It's like saying, well, I took iOS operating system, did my own thing with it, and that failed. Does that mean iOS is a failure? Uh, no. Yeah. It just means what I did with it sucks. Binance is working on it. But, right? Mm-hmm. So that's Cosmos. I know that was a very long explanation, but you you started with a big one. <laughs> yeah, sorry. <laughs> well, maybe this next one won't be so. What's next? Um, I don't know if I'm pronouncing it correctly, but Chili's? C-H-I-L-I-Z. All right. I like to call it cheese. So here's a cool thing, too, that uh, <laughs> CoinMarketCap and CoinGecko and all of them do, is they break things down to, like, what are cryptocurrencies or NFTs, What what's the sort of market it's in. Mm. So you can sort of see that, too. Like, this is a cryptocurrency, not a DEX, not an NFT, mm. right? Not a layer one or layer two. Um, so it helps sort of categorize it. So let's see. What is Chili's? I've heard of Chili's. I think I looked into it at one point. Mm-hmm. But it, was one it of those. really wasn't for me because I didn't care. Yeah. So I moved on. Um 
What is huh? What is all time low? The markets. It was one of those um, that was being promoted by Coinbase, and like if you took a test, you'd get some free ones. Well, yeah, but that goes into this is probably one of the reasons they're getting at this block height sued by the SEC because it oh, turns Coinbase. into well, like why did they do that? What's Coinbase's? Why should they give you free chilies to take a chilies test? What good is that for anything? Mm. Um, let's look at. My so. assumption was that they just wanted to like get people familiar with other twenty six thousand tokens. Why? Why should you be familiar with Chili's? What's the? Pro- yeah. It's the same thing you got to ask. Like with the, when it comes to like the high returns. Again, this is a do your own research thing. It's like all right. Oh, they're gonna. If I stake my token, I get X amount of money. Well, where's that money coming from? Yeah. And this isn't just a crypto problem. This is anything. If you're gonna put your if you're going to put your stored value into something, right, mm-hmm. to preserve your wealth, mm-hmm. and you're going to get promised interest on top of that, yeah, where is that interest coming from? Yeah, nothing's for free. Yeah, so you got to make sure that makes sense. All right, summary: Chili's is a digital currency for sports and entertainment, powering the world's first blockchain-based fan engagement and rewards platform, Socios. Fans can purchase and trade branded fan tokens, as well as having the ability to participate, influence, and vote in club-focused surveys and polls. Chili's aims to foster a blockchain ecosystem built for sports and entertainment. So is there value there? Is it is it useful, in your opinion, just from that summary? Um, it kind of sounds like just like almost like trading cards or something, like... Sort of, but more than cards. Purchase per fans can purchase and trade branded fan tokens. So I would assume, let's say we're in we're in Detroit. Mm-hmm. So let's say the Detroit Pistons, they have fan tokens. Now I can have a Pistons token, and maybe I can have you know whoever the star player at the time. Maybe I could have their token, and maybe it's a limited token, like an NFT, mm-hmm. right? Or maybe if I own so many Pistons tokens, I earn tokens by going to games. So I go to a game, I yeah. get a token, and that token gives me discounts, depending on how many tokens I get, mm-hmm. right? I get these discounts on vending or merchandise or whatever. That's maybe one of the mechanics this could do. So is that useful? I mean, it is if you are a person who like does those things, like goes to maybe concerts or goes to the sporting events. But it, it's also not saying that that's what it does. It's just well, like a it's potential. sort of what's saying that we could look deeper into it. But from this paragraph, I think you can summarize everything you need. Mm-hmm. Assuming this is true, this is coming from Asari, right? Mm-hmm. That tells you everything you need to know. I say it has absolute zero usefulness. You do not need a blockchain to do that. Oh, I see. You're asking if when you need a blockchain to do that. Well, is it useful? As a crypto, what's, what use, what is it doing as a crypto that you couldn't just do as a uh, uh, a database-driven points reward, like airline miles or yeah. any other kind of um, discount thing? Yeah. Here's the thing. What makes blockchains useful? I'm a strong believer the only blockchains are bulky, they're slow. Doing decentralized things by nature are slow and inefficient when it comes to, like, technology, right? They're great, though, if you need decentralization, which really means you need censorship resistance, permissionless, immutability, and probably transparency, right? At some level, you need some kind of transparency. 
if you don't need those things, you probably don't need a blockchain, mm -hmm. right? And here's the thing. This is for sports and entertainment. Right. Well, is the Detroit Pistons a permissionless, censorship-resistant, uh, immutable, open-source uh, franchise? No. No. So you go and get these tokens. You got these fan tokens, and the Pistons decide tomorrow, yeah, them tokens. Yeah. We don't want them anymore. Yeah. Your blockchain is going to force them to do, well, I got this token. No. The blockchain itself can't enforce this. Now, what you might want to say, I'm sure what the kickback out here is, well, no, but now I can go to court and say, see, they sold us these tokens. Mm -hmm. You could do that with reward points off a database. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because at that point, you're saying they offered you a contract that this token would be worth something. Yeah. Or when you sign up, this is the whole thing. Well, I forgot the name of them. Uh, the trade, the first trading card company. The people who made CryptoKitties went and did, um, oh, they were, I can't think of it. They had like the NBA thing. It was very similar to this. Mm -hmm. But you had to sign, like when you got the token, mm -hmm. you had to like sign this agreement that says this may or may not be worth anything tomorrow. So why are you doing it in the first place? Yeah. This solves zero problems. Yeah. Putting it on a blockchain solves zero problems. Now, there could be other issues in that that you find solutions for, but the blockchain ain't solving any of them. Hmm. As long as at the end of the day, this is why I'm like sort of anti-stable coins, right? At the mm -hmm. end of the day, if I'm using a stable coin, mm -hmm. especially a stable coin that's supposed to be one-to-one -one back, so an actual backed stable coin like USDT, USDC, right? Mm -hmm. Those are backed by dollars in a bank or through some kind of paper backing, like a treasury bond or something, right? Okay. At any point, the government could come along and force the bank, close that account. Yeah. No, worse, freeze that account. Yeah. What good is your tether? The whole premise of tether is that you could exchange it for actual dollars. Right. But the U.S. government can always come in and be like, no. So stable coins require permission backed stable coins mm. now this was the promise of like ust and originally die right maker dial and die was that they took two different approaches but they didn't they pegged their tokens to a dollar mm -hmm. without needing to um actually have a dollar sitting in a bank account someplace but we see tether failed miserably every algorithmic which is what tether was or not Tether, it was what Terra was. Yeah. Um, all of those have pretty much failed miserably. Yeah. So that may not be a thing that's possible. And th that was one that didn't have to actually... Have dollars in the bank. Okay. Um, but that's sort of why it crashed. Mm. And then you have DAI, which was an over-collateralized. You needed ETH and over-collateralized it to keep it. But that was so dependent on the price of Ethereum, which is... Um, so volatile, they decided to add more assets, and now the controlling asset in the die that backs it mm -hmm. is a stablecoin that has to be backed by dollars, USDC. Mm -hmm. So what's the point of die? Die is just a derivative of a, a backed stablecoin again, right? Yeah. Um, and it's the same premise with this. You have to rely on the sports franchise, and unless you're going to tell me that you can force... Yeah. On chain, without any third parties, no governments, no nobody, because this is the point of blockchain. It's supposed yeah. to be able to enforce itself. Yeah. 
you can enforce the Pistons to respect. Uh, I got this token. Now you have to give me this jersey, or you yeah. have to give me some kind of revenue share of yeah. um, ticket sales or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Make them do it. Hmm. That's and it, it's definitely did not cross my mind when I was reading that. Right. So no. <laughs> Based on that alone, I would say Chili's has zero real usefulness. It's just building off a of hype. I'm not telling you they're scamming yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just saying, in my opinion, it has no usefulness. There's going to be a bunch of pissed people one day Yeah. that uh, aren't going to be able to cash in on whatever they think they have there. No usefulness. Very interesting. Do we have time for one more or do we have to wrap it? Um, wh- <laughs> I think my last two might be kind of Let's ones. Let's... Do it if you got a quick one. I don't. I don't know. I have Solana and Quant. I, I could also do Filecoin or Pepe Coin. Let's do Filecoin. Okay. I know that, and I can give it a quick answer, and then we wrap. Okay. Fine. All right. So we'll get three in. Filecoin. All right. So what is Filecoin? Do you know anything about it? I, I know that you mentioned it one time, and I think it was like s- s- literally storing files on the blockchain. That's pretty much it. <laughs> so there's a system called IPFS we've mentioned briefly before. Yep. IPFS, if you're familiar with Amazon Web Servers, right, which is just, if you, I'm not going to explain all that. If mm-hmm. you don't know anything else I'm talking about, first go look what AWS or Amazon Web Servers are Okay. that runs the internet today. Once you understand that, imagine that without Amazon, a decentralized Amazon Web Service. We're not talking blockchain. I'm just talking about a decentralized peer-to-peer Amazon Web Service thing. That is what IPFS is. Okay. International uh, Interplanetary File System, IPFS. Oh, wow. All right? So it's Amazon Web Servers without the Amazon, right? But here's the downside of IPFS. If it allows you... I got my computer. I got a file I like. I download a file on my computer, and I put it in my IPFS server, right? Mm-hmm. I don't need anybody's permission to do it, right? It's, it ha- meets all the criteria of, like, these decentralized systems, but there's no token involved, um, and it's not a blockchain. I can store it, but I only have—I'm the only one who cares about my file, so it's only sitting on my version of IPFS. So there's no redundancy, right? Mm-hmm. Um and there's no secondary proof checking of that I didn't change the file or whatever because it's just my one file. Yeah. But if you find value in it, you could back it up. Now I have at least one redundancy. Find value in the file? In the file okay. I'm storing. So maybe it's a song. Okay. Now, I'm a local artist, right? Mm-hmm. Or let's take NFTs, for example, right? Mm-hmm. I don't want to store my NFT on chain because that's too expensive. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to link the in the metadata of the NFT. I'm going to say you can see the original actual file. Mm-hmm here on this IPFS server. But if it's only on my server, yeah. I can change it any time, yeah. right? But if it's on 10,000 different people's computers, there's a lot of redundancy. It's yeah. the same file, and it uses hashing, just like with crypto. It uses cryptography, just mm-hmm. like all the others, so you know that's the file. It hasn't been modified at all, because once you modify the hash, changes like like your public address is the redundancy good or bad or neither it's because it makes it stronger it makes that stronger because you know it's going to be there more validation you know it's going to be there you know you have the real file so how do i incentivize if i have this file how do i incentivize more people to hold it because i'm the only one that really thinks it has value or there's a very small group of people right yeah this is where filecoin comes in 
Filecoin comes in and sits on top of IPFS mm -hmm. and says, look, sure, maybe you got a file that, maybe it's a new Drake song, mm -hmm. right? What's that AI Drake and a weekend record, <laughs> right? And people are like, no, 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 we know the labels want to eliminate it and Drake and the weekend want to eliminate it, oh, but okay. we want to see it in a, uh, a censorship resistant environment. Yeah. So a lot of people might have that value and they'll store that song for free on their computer yeah. as part of IPFS so anybody can download it and access it. Yeah. Universal can't force this network to take it down, mm. right? But I'm an independent artist. Yeah. I feel my record's just as good, but nobody's, I don't have that same network of fandom. Right. So I need to incentivize people to do it. Mm -hmm. So what I'll do is say, hey, um, you take... I'll get some Filecoin. That's how Filecoin basically works. It's like, all right, I'll pay you to store my file. And every time I'll pay you a little to, to download my file and keep it on. Mm -hmm. um, and every time somebody accesses the file, they might pull a piece of it from you. Mm -hmm. And every time they do that, you'll get paid. So I'm going to pay you to keep it on the computer, and I'm going to pay you every time somebody accesses it. And so if I want to access it, I probably have to pay a fee, and that's where they're being paid. Yeah, fee has to get paid for it. Um, so I would probably be paying the fee as the person who owns the file. Um, but you might pay a fee to access to it, access too. It, yeah. yeah. Um, so, and that fee is paid in the file coin. Mm -hmm. So that's the token. Mm -hmm. So the system is just sort of incentivizes people to store files. Right? And then you mm -hmm. pay every time you want to access it. And I'm incentivized to store these files that I don't care about. I don't care about the file, but I want the money. Yeah, that's that super interesting. Get. So let's say as like a local artist, maybe I have a song, like you were saying. And do I set how much I'm going to pay each person who holds, who, who stores that file for me? I don't know if that's how the file coin okay. where I think there's a bait I think it's market demand okay um but that's generally what it is and so the question is now is that useful I think so I think so too okay. you know again I'm not validating whether file coin yeah. um which I hold none of yeah. I'm not validating whether file coin is useful or not there's been several attempts file coin is the longest running I think um I think they're the one that's the leading in that but yeah um it sounds cool sounds I, right. I like it I think so. so in concept yes there's usefulness into it is filecoin's approach the best approach i don't know but i think that's a problem worth solving why should we let amazon determine yeah and if amazon decides or if the government because amazon's a u.s based entity right if the u.s government or amazon independently decide your content isn't worth storing boom so if you're an adult entertainment mm -hmm. right there's a stigma to that yeah it's not illegal yeah right but amazon's like eh. there's really server companies not amazon to my understanding but i know there are server companies who won't allow if you run an adult entertainment site mm -hmm. you can't use their platform they will deplatform you oh wow because just because you run that service because their philosophy is we value a church more than we value you yeah. and a church won't use a server if you're on the server therefore you right. can't be on the server right could could filecoin be like uh, like the new or like a new like YouTube kind of because well there's another no there are other 
coins, like library, try to try to solve that. Mm. So look up library. Mm. Um, Write that down. Yeah, because now you're talking about bandwidth. This is storage. Okay. Storage and bandwidth are two different things. Okay, good to um, know. <laughs> I'll write that down too. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, there's, um, yeah. So things you find value, if you think that's valuable, then yes. Um, that would be the solution. But they're not the only coin that's trying to solve that problem, I'm assuming. File coin? Yeah. No, 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 you just look up storage. Just look up blockchain storage and you'll see all the coins that have tried or been trying to do it okay and some are going to be more centralized some will be less centralized maybe in your opinion none of them will be centralized or decentralized yeah. they'll all be centralized yeah or bad tokenomics or something mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so yeah that's filecoin okay so cool. we hit a, we hit three perfect all right and we'll link to some resources on all of these um I think this just all aligns under the umbrella of do your own research too. So we'll yeah. link to the do your own research episode. Yep. And you can um, check us out at the blockument at theblockument.com. And uh, what, Twitter, where are we at? TikTok, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube. Yeah, that's, that's all of them, I believe. All right. Um, cool. Hit us up, ask us questions if you want us to decide if there's usefulness on any of a specific project or, yep. or protocol, let us know so we know to cover it. Yeah, we can look into it together. All right, and that'll be it. Stay, come for the riches. <laughs> Stay for the revolution. All right. Peace. Peace. <laughs>